Okay, so today's daf is uh, Yud Bet in Shkalim. We are continuing. Uh, we are actually at the very top of Yud Bet Amud Aleph in a new, um, new Mishnah. Um, it says, and it's not directly on the topic of Shkalim, but generally about Tekdish, consecrating different items, is the subject of the upcoming Mishnayot. In the Gemara, it, it combines a bunch of Mishnayot into one here. Uh, it says, We've actually seen this before. This has come up in other places than our learning before. If you, a person consecrates all of their property, and it happens to be that among the property are some items that are good to be a korban for the community. In other words, if a person could consecrate his entire assets, he could say everything that I have belongs to Beit HaMikdash, and then financially it will become the ownership of the Beit HaMikdash, but that doesn't mean that it's not, it doesn't have any specific purpose. So if a person just said, everything I own belongs to the Beit HaMikdash, okay, his car will be used by the Kohanim to drive, I don't know, they'll, they'll use everything that he has for something. Right, but what if he consecrates something that could be a korban? So this specifically, the Gemara is going to explain, is talking about the ketoret. If a person has ketoret in their house, and they, uh, you know, that's what it's talking about. We learned about this before. They give it to the uh, artisans, to the people who work, as their payment. They're going to give that to the artisans as their payment directly. According to Rabbi Akiva, they, t- they literally take the ketoret, and they will give the ketoret that the person consecrated, and they will give it to pay the workers directly. Then, of course, what happens is it becomes deconsecrated. They buy it back. The whole thing that we learned about before, but they can actually give it directly to them. According to Rabbi Akiva, Amar Lord Ben Azai, Ena Yamida. Ben Azai says, No, is that right? Ela Mafreshin Mayen Tzchara Umanim Uchalino Tan Al Maot Umanim VeNotnino Tan Umanim Bischaran VeChozim Lochino Tan Mitzuma Chadasha. It's much more complicated. First, you have to separate money for the payment. Of the uh, of the uh, first, you have to you separate a certain amount of that ketoret that corresponds to the value of what you have to pay these workers. You deconsecrate it on the money. You give right. Then what you do is you uh, you and then you give the um, the ketoret to the workers, and then you buy it back from them. Okay, in other words, you don't directly give them. According to Rabbi Akiva, you just directly give them the ketorah that was consecrated. It deconsecrates automatically, and then you buy it back from them. Ben Azai says, no, it's not that simple. What you have to do is deconsecrate it first on money. Then you give it to the workers. Then you buy it back from them. That's the process that you have to do. It's more an extra step. In other words, according to Rabbi Akiva, simply by giving them the ketorah as payment, that will deconsecrate it because it's deconsecrated on the value of their labor. Okay, as opposed to Ben Azai, who says, no, you have to deconsecrate it on something. It has to be first deconsecrated on money. Then you give it to them. Then you buy from them the items with the new shkalim so that it will be a new acquisition by the Beit HaMikdash, like we said before. In other words, according to him, that's the way you have to do it. Gemara will explain it a little bit more. But then it says... Uh, then it says, Let's go to something even more specific than Ketorot. Let's go to uh, the Korbanot. Let's say a person has animals and he says, I, I declare all of my, uh, all of my uh, wealth, all of my possessions belong to the Beit HaMikdash. And among those possessions is, a, is an animal that could be a Korban. So what happens in such a situation? So, the, um, so if... Uh, is He has male and female animals. Now we know that there are differences. Some animals can be, you know, some types of animals can only serve uh, certain purposes. Like a uh, an ola can never be female, for example. Um, so what do we do in this case? So uh, 
So the solution that Rabbi Eliezer gives is like this. Rabbi Eliezer Now what's going to happen to everything else? This person said everything I own goes to the Beit HaMikdash. What's going to happen to his, the, the, the cost of his tables, his chairs, his, his, uh, his furniture, his car? It's all going to be sold and the money's going to go to Beit HaKabayit, the general fund, right? That's what's going to happen to everything that he sold, that he gave to the Beit HaMikdash. So he says the same thing with these animals. What do you do? Take every one of his male animals and sell it to someone who's looking to bring a korban. Okay? They will buy it. Right? And meanwhile, the money that's generated goes to the same fund as everything else. So if I want to contribute everything that I have, let's say my total uh, net worth, uh, the person's net worth is uh, 500000 I'm just making up a random number, right? That's his net worth. So he says, I'm giving everything. Now, among that net worth is a bunch of animals so they're, that are also priced into that 500000 So what do you do? You don't give those korban out directly. What you do is you sell off those animals the male animals to people bring olot. The female animals to people bring shlamim. Take that money and also put it in the general fund. So the general fund is going to get $500,000 regardless. It's going to get it from a combination of selling off all my property and also selling off the animals. That's what Rabbi Eliezer says. Now, according to Rabbi Yoshua, it's more complicated. Rabbi Yoshua, Why don't you just take the male animals and make them korbanot directly? Why do you have to be so roundabout? Right? Why do you have to sell them to other people looking to bring korbanot? Just say that by consecrating them, he meant the things that are, uh, you know, that are going to the, uh, that are, are only financially valuable to the Beit HaMikdash will go there and the things that could be korbanot will be korbanot. Why do you have to sell them as korbanot to somebody else? Just give them. Right? And what you should do is, with the female animals... You should sell those for people who want to bring korbanot shlamim and bring with the money korban ola. In other words, according to Rabbi Yoshua, all animals ultimately have to lead to some kind of korban because they could have been a korban. The only problem is they can't be a korban shlamim. Why not? Because korban shlamim, you get to eat some of it. And this guy wanted to give everything to the Beit HaMikdash. He's not supposed to get anything out of this. Right? Right. So, and Ola, right, so they all have to be Ola. So the males will directly become an Ola. The females, they will sell it to other people bringing Shlamim, and the money will go to bring Olot. In other words, all of his animals will ultimately lead to Olot or be Olot, according to Rabbi Yoshua. According to Rabbi Eliezer, no. Sell off all the animals and the money goes into the general fund. It doesn't go to be Olot. It goes to the general fund. People will buy those animals. Okay? So in other words, there's according to... Uh, according to Rabbi Eliezer, there's one destination for all the money. It all goes to the general fund, to the Bedekabait. Just that you sell the animals as korbanot, but the money's going to go to Bedekabait. According to Rabbi Yoshua, there's a difference. Everything that I have that has financial value goes to the Bedekabait, but the, korban, the animals have to either become a korban or lead to a korban. They don't go to the Bedekabait, according to Rabbi Yoshua. Now, I'm Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Akiva said, you know, in my personal opinion, I think Rabbi Eliezer has a better idea than Rabbi Yoshua here. Rabbi Eliezer, because Rabbi Eliezer has one standard. Rabbi Yoshua, Chalak. Rabbi Yoshua is making too many distinctions. In other words, Rabbi Eliezer makes more sense. He's saying, look, the guy said, I'm giving everything that I own to the Bedekabayit. He meant everything. So, that, so one way or another, everything should become part of the Bedekabayit. You go to the general fund. He didn't say, I'm giving my animals as a lot. I'm giving this, as this, and that. He said, I'm giving to the general fund. Right, so Rabbi Yoshua is making distinctions. Rabbi He says, "I hear both of them." 
And I'll tell you why. Because if the person came out straight and said, I'm giving my net worth to the Bedek Abayit, so then you'd be right. It makes sense that everything goes to Bedek Abayit. But if he didn't specify, it makes sense. He just said, I'm giving all of this to Hashem. Right? So, okay, what did he mean? He meant the animals, Korbanot. He meant the rest of the things, you know, Bedek Abayit. Maybe we can make that distinction for Rabbi. So he says that makes sense. If a person was specific and said, I'm giving to Bedekabait, so everything has to be translated one way or another into Bedekabait. You have to sell off the animals to be korbanot to other people and then bring the money to Bedekabait, according to Rabbi. And, but if the person was vague and said, in other words, that's if the person said everything is going to Bedekabait. But if the person was vague, then we say, oh, when it came to things that can't be korbanot, he meant uh, for Bedekabait. But when it came to the animals, he meant olot. Right? He meant animal. Korbanot. Right? So that's, that's how Rabbi Papais explains how they could both be right. Hamag- Let, let's wait and see. It's, it's like Rabbi Eliezer, but we'll, we'll see. Hamagdish de Chasav, a person who, who consecrates everything they have. Right? If a person has things that could be used for the Mizbeach, not animal korbanot, but he has wine, he has shemen, he has birds. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Yimachut Soche Oto Amin, Viavibid Mayen, Olot, Ushan Chaziv, Lebedekabait. He said, Look, there you sell whatever it is for that thing. In other words, if it's oil, sell it to be part of an oil korban. If it's flour, sell it to be part of flour korban. If it's wine, sell it to be wine korban, right? That you should sell it. And the money will go for olot. Okay? Interesting. He's, in this case, it's for olot, not for bedekabait. Everything else the guy has will go to bedekabait. So it's interesting. In the other case, what did Rabbi Eliezer say? If the person makes a blanket statement that everything I'm giving is going to the bedekabait, that we sell the animals as korbanot and the money goes to bedekabait. Right? But here he's saying, but if it's oil, flour, wine, then even after it's sold for those, you know, to be used as korbanot, the money doesn't go to bedekabait. It goes to olot, korban ola. So that's, it's different than the, uh, the, than the case of animals. And, the, they, and here, Rabbi Yosho doesn't say anything contrary to that. Seems to agree. And they explain, they bring it, the Rambam explains that the difference is that you can never, um, you can never redeem these items. You can never redeem an oaf or, uh, or, uh, or a, um, you can redeem an, an animal korban. You can redeem an animal korban gets a boom and the money could actually end up becoming freed up from redemption. But the case of, of these items, they can never be redeemed. Um, meaning an, uh, once shemen or flower or uh, a bird is, is consecrated, it can't be redeemed. So the money has to go into olot. It can't go to bedekabait. Okay, that's the way that the Rambam explains it. But these are actually three or four Mishnayot actually in the, uh, in the Mishnah. Even though here they appear all uh, put together. Now, Gemara is going to explain... The first so case, like, Amakdish. Are you not using directly the oil for... That you are. You're selling it to people who are bringing offerings for that. And then you're so taking the money. But instead provide. of what he said to do with animal korbanot, which is sell it for people who want to bring korbanot and then put the money in the general fund, he's saying sell it for those, for those people and then use it for olot. You know? So now, the Gemara says, Amakdish, v'chulei korbanot tzibor. A person has things that he dedicates and they're good for korbanot tzibor. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Ketoret. We're talking about a guy from this, you know, this certain family that they used to prepare ketorot, so they had it in their house, right? The issue between Ben Azai and Rabbi Akiva was like we said before. According to Rabbi Akiva, you can directly do this. Say, oh, here, here's the ketorot, 
as payment for your services. Automatically, it becomes chulid. Now we buy it back for you from you with the uh, new shekel. Ben Azai says, no, 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 you can't do that. Because what, did, what deconsecrated the original ketoret? Nothing. You just gave it to the, you just put it in the hands of these workers. You, the labor alone can't, uh, the fact that it's in exchange for the labor doesn't deconsecrate. So therefore, Ben Azai says, first you deconsecrate it on money. Right? Then you give it to them. Then you buy it back. But you have to deconsecrate it first. There's an extra step in there according to Ben Azai. Because in... Why isn't it based on, based on Ben Azai, why isn't it deconsecrating? Because you're just okay, putting it in their hand. You're not giving it... There's no object. There's no object. No, but if you pay it with the money of it, I mean, there's the workers, you're paying for their labor. <clears throat> the money is hectic, technically, right? It becomes full in. That's the problem. He's saying that... Uh, he's saying, according to the way that we have the Gemara here, there is an opinion that says that payment will automatically deconsecrate, but giving an object oh, won't right. deconsecrate it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, according to the version that we have in front of us right now, this version is saying that you can never deconsecrate something without another object. So that even the idea that we have money that we owe, a debt to be covered or something like that for labor, uh, he doesn't consider that a deconsecration. Um, there is another version of the Gemara here that says that in Hekdesh, uh, 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 that in Hekdesh, um, what is it? Mitchalel. Uh, uh, that only money gets deconsecrated if you give it as a payment, it will get deconsecrated. So there is an opinion like that. But definitely with the ketoret, that's a machloket. Whether you can, whether labor is an entity or not. I could say I'm, I'm giving this, I guess it's more Marxism, you know, the value of labor, you know, the, you know, the labor is the ultimate thing. So therefore, uh, can you deconsecrate? Is it a real entity or not? Anyway, so the, um, that's the... Also, the yeah. value of a person in the shuk is the labor the work is able to do physically, no? Yeah, but he's a physical being. It's not just a concept. The work that they already did is just a concept, you know? There's something special about Hekdeshot of Bedekabait. When we give something to Bedekabait, that's Stam Hekdeshot. If a person just says... I'm being makdish my car, it means for bedekabait. If he says, I'm being makdish an item, it's for bedekabait automatically, right? Just have a bedekabait. Hekdesh bedekabait, chalalakol. And it can really fall on anything. Umualin, begidulayen. And anything that comes from it also is also hekdesh. And the koanim don't get any benefit. In other words, if you give a cow for bedekabait, the milk that comes out of the cow is also uh, belongs to the Beit HaMikdash. In other words, it's not like a korban where a korban. Okay, it's it's not the value of the korban that belongs to the to the Beit Hamikdash. It's the actual korban. So if something else came from it, that itself doesn't at- acquire the kedusha. It's not whereas right. Whereas well, that yeah. For example, the uh, that's why it says ben ben hanayel kohanim. In other words, the kohanim can actually benefit from kod- from korbanot, the meat or the skin even of an ola. They get the skin of an ola. But if you gave an animal to bedekabayit. The Kohanim would not even be allowed to benefit from the skin. Nothing. Why? Because the, the, every bit of its value belongs to the Beit HaMikdash, not just the function of the Korban. So in that way, Beit HaKabayit is like a higher standard in a certain way because every ounce of the value of the item belongs to the Kodesh. You can't, it's not just the function of a Korban. Right? 
So now it says, Amar Rabbi Hanania, De Rabbi Eliezer. This is Rabbi Eliezer's opinion here. Because we learned, Makdish and Chazav, Vaitaben Vaimar, Uyala Gabi Mazbeach, Chalun Kevot, Rabbi Eliezer, they call him here for short, instead of Eliezer. Omer Zacharim, Yemachut Sochel Lot, Un Kevot Yemachut Sochel Zuchel Shalmi, Shlami. Yeah, I guess so. Udmehen, Yipilu, Imshana Chazav, Vedakabait. Because what did Rabbi Eliezer say would happen if a person dedicated all of their uh, things that they own to the Bet Magdash? They would sell the animals as Korbanot. And then they would put the money into the general fund, the Bedekabayit fund. So you see that he holds that everything becomes really ultimately dedicated to Bedekabayit. Even the animals become dedicated to Bedekabayit. And in one way or another, the value of those animals is going to come to Bedekabayit. You're going to sell them as korbanot, but that isn't the fulfillment of the, uh, of the mitzvah. The fulfillment of the, of the donation is when the money goes into the Bedekabayit. Right? Now, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Tamad Rabbi Eliezer, Ve'ish, Ki'akdish et Kodesh Hashem, because it says, he says, what's the pasuk that he uses to support his idea? When a person sanctifies his house, it becomes holy to Hashem. Right? What are we talking about? If we're talking about his actual house, we already learned, we already learned about a person who consecrates his house and wants to deconsecrate it. It means, his house means his, his estate. Right? His house means his estate. It doesn't mean his house. So he's saying it means his property. That, that, that's what the Pasuk is saying. And it says Kodesh Lashem. It goes, it goes as Bedekabait. The ultimate Kodesh Lashem is Bedekabait because every ounce of the value accrues to the Bedekabait. Mikan Shestamek Deshot the Bedekabait, which teaches you that if a person makes a general consecration of everything, it all goes to the Bedekabait. He wasn't specific. Okay? Amr Abizera Rav Chuna B'Shem Rav. So, Rabbi Zerah said that Rav Chunan, the name of Rav, said, This is only true if he dedicated his property. But if he said, I'm dedicating my flock of sheep, okay? Edro means his actual, like, group of animals. If he specified the group of animals, everybody agrees it means for korbanot. Okay? Because well, why would you do that? Rabbi Bar Rav Chunan B'Shem Rav, but Rabbi Ba said in the name of Rav Chunan, the name of Rav, the opposite. That the machloket is when they're when the person dedicates his animals. No, it's the opposite, exactly the opposite. Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva are arguing. I'm sorry, Rabbi Yoshua are arguing where the person dedicates his flock, but when he dedicates everything he owns, there everybody agrees that even the animals' value goes to bedekabayit. Not what we learned before. That's what he's saying, the opposite. That if the person dedicates everything he owns, even the animals go to the Bedekabayit according to everyone. Not what you're saying, that if he dedicates specifically his animals, that's everyone agrees that the... The first view was saying that if you dedicate specifically your animals, then definitely they go to Korbanot. The Machlok between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yezer is when you dedicate everything and include it in that as animals. Right? The second version says no. It's the opposite. When you do a blanket... A d- a dedication, right? There you have a machloket. But if you do a specific dedication of, of your animals, right? In, in other words, in that case, where you do a specific uh, dedication of your animals, um, I'm sorry, the other way, right? No, meaning that if you do a specific dedication of your animals, that's where there's a machloket. But if you do a, a general dedication, everyone agrees it goes to the Bedekabayit. Not like what we learned in the Mishnah, right? So do, does it, is a general dedication the one they agree on or the one they disagree on? Right, and what about dedicating your fl- uh, your flock specifically? Does everyone agree that obviously goes to korban or no? That's also that's the machloket. So now the Gemara asks, 
Al that Rabbi Zera Nicha. It makes sense Rabbi Zera's opinion. Why? Because Rabbi Zera is saying if the person dedicated everything that they have and included in that is animals, so there's room to argue about what the status of the animals is. Should they be korbanot? Should they be bedekavai? But when the person dedicated uh, specifically his flock, it should be obvious that it goes to korbanot, right? Well, it should be obvious, right? So he says, but al Rabbi Ba. Right? In other words, really, so that, or, 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 that's really part of the answer, I think. Of. Shouldn't you assume automatically that if the person dedicated their animals, he meant for a korban? I mean, why is Rabbi Bas saying that that's a machloket? Why should that be a machloket? He said, no. Rabbi Bas says, it's a little counterintuitive, but you know what? Since the person knew that he's dedicating his animals if he wanted them to be korbanot. So you could say, well, since he's dedicating specifically korbanot, that shows that he means, specifically animals, that shows that he means for korbanot. But you could also argue the opposite, that since he's dedicating specifically animals and he doesn't say which kind of korban, he just says a general thing, I'm dedicating them to Hashem, that shows you he doesn't want it to be korbanot. Because if he wanted to be korbanot, he would have specified so on the, on the contrary, Rabbi Eliezer will say that, that that also means to go to the Bedekabai. The value should go to the Bedekabai. Even though he's only dedicating animals, since he didn't specify their only identity. An, only animals. Right. He's yeah. saying even though he only dedicated animals that are potentially korbanot, since he didn't specify what kind of korban, it, he's basically saying, no, I don't want it to be a korban. I want the money to go to the Bedekabai. Okay? That's, so so that's, that's how Rabbi Ba and interprets it. Right, that's what he's saying. In other words, the first one is saying, if you dedicate animals, it's obvious from the, from the very fact that you're dedicating only animals that you mean for them to be korbanot. Rabbi Ba is saying, no, the exact opposite. Since he's dedicating only animals and he doesn't bother to say which ones, why doesn't he bother to say which ones? Which kind of korban? Still, it doesn't hold water. Right, so that's, right. So that's, he's saying if, if you wanted it... Like Maybe he's giving it to plow the fields of the uh, of the Beit Hamikdash. I don't know. Beit Hamikdash would be able to come and bring it for Olah, or they have to do it for Kaisa. We just saw that what they do is they sell it. Rabbi Eliezer is saying they sell it to people who want Olot, and then they put the money in the Beit Hamikdash according to Rabbi Eliezer. Right. It'll go there, according to Rabbi Eliezer. How about the cakes? I mean, when there's nothing on the Mizbeach and they want to come and use it. Uh, that's not what they're using this for. I mean, I guess the Bet HaMikdash could use that if they want it. doesn't make a difference. But the money has to go to the Bet HaKabayit. They would have to sell it somehow. So Rabbi Yochanan Amar, La Shania, Hiya Magdish Lechasav, Hiya Magdish Lechasav, Hiya Magdish He says, no, you know what? They're both wrong. The Machloket is in both cases. It's not only a machloket when he generally when he dedicates everything, and it's not only a machloket when he dedicates his flock. It's both cases, like the way that you would that the, the simple reading of the Mishnah that Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yosho disagree. Whenever somebody makes a blanket statement, whether the blanket statement is about all their property, including animals, or it's just about their animals, the machloket is the same. That Rabbi Eliezer will say the money should go to bedekabayit, and Rabbi Yosho will say for the animals they should be uh, the money should go for korbanot korbanola. Okay, that's, that's according to Rabbi Yochanan. Now, we skip the parentheses. Rav Chona b'shem Rabbi Abao b'shem Rabbi Yochanan. Kodshei b'dekabayit shepodean t'mimin yatsu l'cholin. If you have animals that are, don't have a mum, and they were dedicated to b'dekabayit, and you redeem them when they are still t'mimin, when they are still without a blemish, they will, uh, they will be yotzei l'cholin, they will become cholin. Okay, because the animals were dedicated for b'dekabayit. They weren't dedicated for a korbanot. Obviously, korbanot, you're not allowed 
if you uh, if you de- you can't deconsecrate them unless they have a mum. But here we're saying you could deconsecrate them even without a mum, right? So uh, that's what it sounds like. It says it says in other words we have a source in the Mishnah itself it's not our Mishnah but it says it says that their offspring and their milk is permitted after they are redeemed okay now if you take a look the way that the Gra re- reads this whole thing has a totally different um, text here and the text I think of his text is a little easier to follow right it says that um, this is talking about what? The, it's talking about the case of an animal that was redeemed from, uh, uh, from being bedekabite. So it's saying after the redemption, its milk and its, um, and, its, uh, uh, and its offspring will be permitted for use, okay? As opposed to, and, and, if you, and the, the way the Gra has it is, should say, Rabbi Chizkiah b'shem Rabbi Achat tiftar shehu memu ufda'an. That's what it should say on the top of Yudbet Amudbet. <coughs> that, that's talking about where there was a mum in the animal and then you redeemed it. In other words, like this. That there's a leniency, there's a difference between an animal that was dedicated as a korban and an animal that was dedicated as a berekabayit. An animal that was dedicated as a korban, if it had a mum even before it was dedicated, even before it was consecrated, so it never really fully became a korban because it never could have been a korban. Right, it never had a moment that it could have been a korban. So therefore the, the kedushah is, is always limited. It's always just a value consecration. And therefore, if you redeem it afterwards, you have, you, uh, it, it would be, um, you know, you could obviously, it would immediately not be useful for a korban. Because it was a, uh, because it was a, um, you know, it had a moon from the beginning. But normally, if an animal is a korban and develops a moon and then you redeem it, you still can't utilize it in other ways afterwards, right? You can redeem it and you can use it for meat, but you're not allowed to benefit it from benefit from it in other ways. However, bedekabayit, and the, here the gra explains on the side. I have the hagaot the gra on the side. He says that um, he says if they got a moon. Okay, and then the uh, uh, and, and then you uh, then after you redeem them, you can benefit from their offspring and from their milk. Okay, but not if they didn't have any mum at all. Okay, but if they had a mum and then you redeem them, it would be okay. In other words, so when it says back there that uh, when he said that uh, if, if you redeem them when they're to me mean yatzulechulin. Right, He's, it's saying it's not exactly true. It's only true that they're allowed. You're allowed to uh, benefit from the milk and from the offspring after they're redeemed. If they had a moment, then they were redeemed. You can't just go and redeem them stam without any moment at all. It's just that once they're redeemed, you'll be allowed to benefit from them. Okay, and then and that's what the uh, uh, and that's why the gra goes on and it says in the gra's words that. Um, that Rabbi Yosef B'Shem Rav Chizda, I think he has later, right? He has a totally different reading of this, but it actually flowed better. Um, that Rabbi Yosef B'Shem Rav Chizda, Matnin Amraken, Veladam Chalavan, Asur Lachar Pidyon. There's one statement that says that it's forbidden after the Pidyon, and there's one that says that it is permitted after the Pidyon. Right, so that was the. Uh, so he says that's talking about the the 
animal that is not a uh, that is that is a, uh, dedicated as a korban and gets a mum and you and you redeem it. That even after it's redeemed, you can't benefit from the milk and you can't benefit from its offspring after the uh, you know, after it's uh, it's redeemed. But if the uh, but if it's bedekabayit, you'd be allowed to. But the point is, it has to have a mum at some point. Okay. Now and then he says. That's the concept. Of but, that you leave it until it uh, gets uh, moved. Or, or it gets one. I mean, you don't always have to. Right? So the, uh, so if the, the, the point is that that's talking about a K, there's a difference between an animal that's for a korban and an animal that's for bedekabayit. And it says, Rabbi Yosef B'Shem Rav Chizda brings a support that says it's talking about uh, where it had a moom. Okay? It's not talking about where it didn't have a moom at all, but where, but it is treated differently than a um, than a, than a korban that gets a mum because a korban that gets a mum afterwards there's still restrictions the bet that gets a mum and then you redeem it there's no restrictions right it, so then it says in temar and we're skipping down to the fourth to the fifth line in temar lo yatul chuli heyach kochem is bechalin al kochem bet kabayit right so it says if it's true that koche that uh, that they can't become chuli. So then how would How could it ever be that the sanctity of a korban could fall on the sanctity of bedekabait? Okay, so um, meaning to say, what? What's the question? So uh, the Tiklin Chadetin explains. He says, we learned that these animals that are given for bedekabait are sold for the purpose of korban. Now, wait a second. They're already consecrated. They're already consecrated to bedekabait. So how can they then be sold for a korban? And if you don't say that they can be, how are they able to be sold? So it says that we're talking about It's talking about when the person consecrated a uh, when a person consecrated a balmum to the uh, to the bet, to the bet That's when it would be able to be. Uh, when it would be able to be sanctified with kedusha uh, v'korban liyada milau for what purpose ligiza avoda only for the purposes of gizan avoda that there's something that you cannot do with a balmum with a korban that was a balmum that you can do with a korban that was bedekabayit which is that a korban that was a balmum you can never use it you can never work it and you can never shear it even if you redeem it but a bedekabayit obviously it could be because if you take a korban that's bedekabayit. An animal that was bedekabayit, I mean, it could be used for work. It could be used for carrying things. It could be used for all kinds of functions. There's no restriction on the use if the bedekabayit wants to use it. They could, they could shear it and use the shearings for any purpose that they want. Right? That would be per, per, you know, perfectly allowed. So bedekabayit, in a way, is more flexible. So in a way, it's more strict. In a way, it's more flexible because really what the use that they could put the animal to is variable. Now, the Gemara says, A person separates a female animal for his olah. If a person takes a female animal for something that can't be female, like a Pesach or an olah or an asham, it can make it tomorrow. Meaning he said, this is an asham, this is an olah. And then he says, and, and I want this other animal also to be the same as this one. Right? That's what a tomorrow is. It can work. Rabbi Shimon Omer, If he says for an Ola, fine. But the Pischol HaShemon, But Rabbi, he says, it, it doesn't work. Why? Because an Ola, if I said that this female animal is an Ola, it could, it could make a Tmura. Why? Because since female and Ola are not totally contradictory, because a female bird could be an Ola, so therefore, there could be some aspect of Ola on this animal and it could transfer to another animal. However, Pesach and Asham could never be female and therefore there's nothing at all happening over there. 
רבי שמעון בן יהודה אומר משום רבי שמעון לעולה תולפ זכור לבלה שמעון עושה תמורה. according to רבי שמעון בן יהודה in the name of רבי שמעון none of these cases will make a תמורה at all because none of them are valid. אמר רבי יוחנן תמד רבי שמעון שכן בצירו נקבה באוף כשרה לבוא עולה. and the reason of the, the original רבי שמעון was that since a female bird could be technically an עולה so therefore you could say that a female animal if you said it was an עולה it won't be totally contradictory for it to be an עולה and therefore it could create a תמורה. אמר רבי יוחנן תמד רבי שמעון יהודה אם מין במינו הוא חלוק עליו כל שכן מין בשאינו מינו So he says, if, the, uh, if he disagreed, if Rabbi Shimon disagreed, in other words, he says, no, I say that Rabbi Shimon would say, because Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda was saying, no, Rabbi Shimon would say, even a, a female animal that you said is going to be an Ola will not get any sanctity at all. Why? Because even when it comes to within the same type, he disagrees. Certainly when it's a different type, meaning what? What is that? Like we learned. If there's a case where a person has to bring an Asham that's a year old, like a Mitzorah or a Nazir, or he has to bring a two-year-old, right? So there, and he brings a three-year-old, so it doesn't work. Rabbi Shimon Omer, not only does it not work, even the animal he consecrated won't be holy at all. Because it's not fit for that purpose. So you see that even within the right species, right? We're talking about a sheep or a ram. If it's a year too old, Rabbi Shimon will say you consecrated it. The consecration is invalid. So definitely across species, he's not going to say that because a female bird could be an ola, therefore this female sheep could be an ola. That doesn't make any sense. Right? Definitely not. That's what Rabbi Shimon ben is saying. Uh, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, that's what... Rabbi Shimon really was saying. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. He's saying a kavchomer. Yeah. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehoshua. Shneim amud devarchat. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehoshua agree. Kamada the Rabbi Yehoshua manekeva la olalo kiddusha ella hekiddush demim. Just like we saw that Rabbi Yehoshua said that if you consecrate all of your animals, the females right only get kiddushat demim. Can Rabbi Shimon amanekeva le olalo kiddusha ella hekiddush demim? That's exactly what Rabbi Shimon would say. That if you consecrate a female animal, it only gets the kiddushah bedekabayit, and therefore you can't do a tmuran bedekabayit because it's not intrinsic sanctity; it's only value sanctity. Because if it became in any way wholly intrinsically, you would leave it to go to the pasture until it developed the moon. It doesn't. It doesn't need that because we just say that it is monetary sanctity only. So when you consecrated all of your animals, the ones that can't be an olat, uh, they're female, they only get monetary sanctity. He says, I understand what, and it should say, I don't understand Rabbi Shimon's view on Pesach. Right? Because the, he's saying um, that the Motar Pesach... Some say Eniroe. Right, Ein Aniroe, right? It should say... Right. So he says, I don't understand why Rabbi Shimon says that a female animal that is designated as a Pesach won't get any Kiddushah. Because after all, what happens to a Pesach if it's not used? It becomes a Shlamim. And a Shlamim could be feminine. So why don't you say that there is some validity to consecrating a female animal as a Korban Pesach? Why doesn't Rabbi Why doesn't Rabbi rather say I don't understand Rabbi Shimon with regard to an Asham? Because after all, if you leave an Asham over, it comes as an Ola. 
And therefore, we should say, and since an Ola could be a female, because an Ola Ta'of could be a female, so we should say that an Asham that's a female also, since an Asham will eventually become an Ola if it's not used, and an Ola could be a female if it was a bird, so we'll say that also, when you say the Kedushav, Asham is not a female, it should work. Okay? So the reason he didn't say that was, Shamotar Asham Ba'ol, he said, Amar B'Yavin, Imikdish Be'ezach Ba'Shlamim, Gufo Karev Shlamim, Imikdish Asham Ba'ola, En Gufo Karev Ola. When it says that if a, uh, if a, uh, a, a Pesach becomes a Shlamim, it means physically, that Pesach becomes a Shlamim. But nobody says that an Asham is physically going to be brought as an Ola. Meaning to say that if the, um, that, um, Right, it's the value of it that ends up going to a, uh, um, and he says, what we do is we wait for that animal to develop a mum, and then we take the money and bring an olaf. We don't need the asham. Now that the asham itself becomes an olaf. So therefore, you, anyway, it's a stretch, because you're saying, oh, the asham would become an olaf, and an olaf could be female if it were a bird, which it's not, you know, but you're making a lot of stretches to say that it should be valid. That, but the point is at the end, you don't bring that actual animal as an olaf. You just bring the value. So it wouldn't be relevant then. And then it says, mahu kadun. What is the, what is the basic argument here at the end of the door? Right. What is the argument between them at the end of the day? What are they really arguing about? And mapli, oh yeah, the grahas mapligi. What's the svarab between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yud and Rabbi Yud and Rabbi? Right. That they argue here. What's the machloket? The, the question is, Amar Hekdesh Damim. Oh, no, it says, you have Hekdesh? I have Hekdesh. Yeah, Hekdesh Damim Hekdesh. Amar Hekdesh Gufok Hekdesh. One says, he consecrated Hekdesh Damim. Meaning Rabbi Shimon will say that when the person uh, consecrated this female animal, he didn't consecrate the body of the korban at all. Rabbi says that actually he did consecrate it. In other words, really when you consecrate an animal, a Pesach, and you say this female animal is going to be a Pesach, you're basically giving it a Shlamim status. Right? A quasi-Shlamim status. Rabbi Yushimon says, no, since right now it can't be a Pesach, the fact that a Pesach will become a Shlamim doesn't make this therefore a Shlamim. You're saying this should be a Pesach, and it can't be a Pesach. So all you're doing is making it that the value of it should be dedicated to a Pesach, not the body of the animal itself. We'll just do the next small part. Rabbi Zerah B'Shem, Rabbi Shimon Lakish, Tamad Rabbi Yoshua, Deber Laron, Velbana, Velkobne, Yitzel, Velbatalehem, Ish, Ish, Bibet Yisrael, Sheyakriv L'Hashem, Leolam. It talks about a person who's bringing any kind of a, uh, a neder or a bring any kind of korban. He brings an Ola. So what does that show you? Hakol, Karev Ola. Everything becomes an Ola. Right, tamim zachar. Right, so so it says in the subsequent pasuk, it's that's talking about a zachar, a perfect meaning, a non-blemished zachar. How do you know that even if you dedicate nekevot, that they're going to be translated into a, uh, a, a ola also? Because what did Rabbi Yoshua say? Rabbi Yoshua said that the uh, that you're going to take the money from both the zacharim and olo and the nekevot, and you're going to make them korban ola. Right, that's what you're going to use. For the zecharim, you're going to use them directly as Ola. And for the nekevot, you're going to take the money for Ola. How do you, so since it says zechar for, for Ola, how do you know? Because it says, among the cattle. That comes to tell you that even if a female animal is consecrated in a blanket way, general way, it's going to become an Ola. It won't be offered as an Ola itself, but the money will. Rabbi Yitzchak. Oh, Babakar, it's Behabakar, no? Right, yeah, Babakar. It's saying an extra word, because it already mentioned Baksavim, Bakvasim, you know, it mentioned already the Babakar, Baksavim, it didn't need that already. We already know what the animals are that you can use. Yeah, so the, 
סון רבי יצחק ורבי אליעזר שאל, כתיב זכר ותמד בבקר לגבות הנקבות, it says זכר. It specifically says only a male animal becomes an olah. And you're saying that the word בקר comes to contradict that and include נקבות. So then take the word ketiv tamim, it says it has to be without a blemish. So why don't you include also blemished animals then? You know, it's like if you could just read the exact opposite of whatever the text says with another word, so you reverse it. So he says, no, what's the difference? There is the size of a weaver's pole between them, meaning they're totally different. Why are they totally different? Now, he doesn't explain, actually, right? But he's saying there's a gigantic difference. But what is the obvious difference? It's not obvious to me immediately, but the answer would be that at least a nekevot could be a korban, just not this kind of korban, right? In other words, a female animal could be a korban, just not an olah. So the idea that you would take the money from it and give it as an olah is not crazy because at least it could be a korban. So you could say that there's some element of hekdesh, of the goof of the animal itself. But when it comes to a Balmum, it could never have Kiddusha, of intrinsic Kiddusha to be offered as a Korban because it's a Balmum. So that's why we would never interpret a Pasuk as indicating that, oh, the value has to go to a Korban. Because by the very fact that you're designating a Balmum, you're saying this Balmum is not going to be connected to Korbanot. It's going to be a value donation alone. And that's the, uh, that, that's the conclusion. Okay, so we're going to try to do an hour before.